0: Okay, uh, this is the movie poster for a, a documentary called Free Solo. Who's seen this movie? All right, a few people. Um, that, this is where I really love having um, a big screen, just because you get the full effect. I'm going to turn the lights off for you. Nope, I'm just going (laughs) to stab a screen for no reason. Um, So this is the movie Free Solo. Uh, Totally amazing film, completely stressful to watch. The the quote at the top there um, is, can you hold your breath for an entire movie? And it's exactly like that. Um, It's about a guy called Alex Honnold, who sets out to climb El Capitan, uh, Free Solo, which is exactly what... Sounds like it is, uh, no ropes, by himself. And uh, it's really just an incredible film. He slips in practice, hurts his ankle. Uh, that's when he's got ropes on, um, trying to go up. And just the tension of the climb, uh, all his friends, the, the people who are filming him, the stress of it is unbelievable. Um, El Capitan is one of the, the tallest sheer rock formations in the world, over 900 meters straight up, and also straight down. Um, also one of the, the world's most technically difficult climbs. And the subtitle there is Live Beyond Fear. And really, that's the movie, right? It, it's a story about a guy completely unfazed by fear. Somehow, as he approaches this, uh, this climb with, with all of its insane risk, somehow he doesn't feel it. Somehow uh, he feels free and he uh, just goes for it. So that's the question we're asking tonight. How do you do that for the Christian life? How do you live beyond fear as a Christian? And I think it's an important question for us because as we've moved through Acts, we've seen the apostles and they take on amazing things. They, they head to jail, they are part of riots and take beatings and all these kind of things. They seem to live beyond fear. And yet, that's not our experience often of the Christian life. We, we'd find it hard. Uh, I am fearful. Uh, we find it hard to talk about Jesus at uni. Uh, where uh, at our work. Uh, we're one of three other uh, Christians where we work and it's hard to stick your neck out to be known as a Christian. Um, so we're fearful. And that uh, kind of impacts us. We don't invite people along to something that CU's putting on. Uh, to share the gospel about Jesus, we we don't talk about Jesus the way that we wish we would, and so where does that courage come from? If you want to be different uh, than than just fearful as a Christian, how do you get that kind of courage? How can we live beyond fear? Uh, well, here we are in Acts twenty-seven, and we have the most epic story of courage and survival. Uh, we've come to the end of Acts. And uh, this story is here to give us two things, confidence and courage. Confidence and courage. We're going to land there at the end, but first, come with me on the journey. So, Paul's a prisoner, Uh, he's been arrested and now he's being taken to Rome to face trial and the voyage uh, faces disaster right from the start. Okay, Uh, look at all the ways that the adventure goes wrong there in verse 4 to 6, the winds are against them, they make slow progress, they get blown off course, they end up in, a, in an unsafe harbour, running out of time before the winter storms set in. Uh, you see there in verse 9, much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous. This is kind of like Chernobyl, you know, it's not one thing going wrong, it's seven things going wrong, uh, making this situation uh, Impossible. So now now they're stuck, right? They can't really stay here, uh, but it's risky to go on. So what do you do? Well, Paul's got a bad feeling about this. When you add up all Paul's journeys, he's probably travelled about 3,000 miles uh, by sea at this stage. So even on a ship like this, he would have been a, a very experienced sailor. And here's what he thinks, verse 10, he says, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be... Disastrous, uh, and bring great loss to ship and cargo, and to our own lives as well. So as, far, as far as Paul can work out for himself, uh, they're going to die. They're going to die if they press on now. He can tell. But verse thirteen, when a gentle breeze comes in, they roll the dice. They think, "Let's let's just see if we can try and make it to Phoenix." Uh, safe harbour there. And so they head out and it strikes. Uh, A wind of hurricane force catches them and and blows them and they just have to give way to it. Um, Verse 16, they pass by uh, kind of in the shelter of a a small island and they use that brief window of time before the wind kind of catches them again to to haul the lifeboat on board and wrap ropes around the ship just so the the waves don't tear it to pieces. And then they get uh, caught up in this cyclone again. And I reckon we don't even appreciate the gravity of the situation, what's happening here. Uh, We read it and it's an exciting story, but it doesn't terrify us, right? We don't really travel by sea that much. Uh, We don't hear about boats sinking that often. And so to, to read this story, it doesn't spell doom for us. But imagine if this was the story of a plane crash. Then I think we start to feel it. Um, I, the the kind of, the hairiest plane flight that I've ever been on, um, was uh, flying into the old uh, Hong Kong Kai Tak Airport, um, back in the 90s, all right, so this is a, a picture of, uh, where this, uh, runway was. It's kind of like directly in the middle of Hong Kong. So you fly in, turn right at the mountain and then just kind of cut your way through the buildings and, and land. And we were uh, the last flight that was allowed to land before they started turning planes away in the middle of this thunderstorm. And it was so hectic. It was the scariest experience of my life. And I think we need to think about uh, this event a bit like that. See, we drew travel by plane. We do hear about plane crashes and they terrify us. We don't expect anyone to walk away from a plane crash. And that's exactly what's going on here. To read this story would be to say, these guys are done for. They are completely sunk. So, they take a violent battering. They toss the cargo overboard, the tackle overboard, until finally... Verse 20, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After days of complete darkness, the the weight of the storm on top of them, they, they give up hope. But in the middle of the storm, one man is different. He's like uh, the man from Rudyard Kipling's poem, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. He's that guy. This is Paul, right? He lives beyond fear. He's Alex Honnold. He's climbing up El Cap, free solo. Have a look at what he says. At the darkest point there, verse 21, it says, after they'd gone a long time without food, this is as bad as it gets. Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Uh, Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. So obviously, get that little I told you so in there. Uh, But his message is keep up your courage. Paul here is the dispenser of courage on this ship. He's the one that has confidence that none of them will be lost. Now, how is that? Because before, he was the one who was dead certain that they were all going to die if they took this trip. What's changed? Uh, Well, let's read on, verse 23. He says, Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. See, that Paul's courage comes from God, the God whom he belongs to, the God whom he serves. Uh, From this vision that says, do not be afraid, Paul. Paul's unbreakable courage comes from God's unstoppable purpose. He knows God's purpose is for him to stand before Caesar. See, um, ever since his conversion back in chapter 9, Paul has been told that it's going to be his job to preach to the Gentiles, to preach to the Gentiles and their kings. And now he's been arrested and he's, he's heading towards Caesar and God says, this must happen. It is God's purpose for this to happen. God is committed to it and nothing will stop it. No arrest, no poor sailing decisions, no hurricane, nothing will stand in the way. You must stand trial before Caesar. Paul's unbreakable courage comes from God's unstoppable purpose. But it's not just that God is determined, he's also gracious. God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. See, even here is a snapshot of the Gospel message which Paul takes. A snapshot of God's loving kindness. See, if God was really... Uh, only about his plans, his kind of purpose, then you just only need to save Paul, really. But he's a God of grace and a God of saving grace. And grace is always abundant. And so uh, all 276 souls on board are saved. Uh, Like 276 people walking away from a plane crash. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Amazing. So Paul's courage comes from this vision, from God's Word to him. But he still has to trust it. Right? At this stage, it's just a vision given to the crackpot religious guy on the ship. Uh, nothing has changed. The hurricane is still raging. They still can't see the sun. Uh, they're still being driven along for days and days and days. But Paul trusts God's Word he knows God can be trusted he knows the God to whom I belong and the God whom I serve he knows that that God can be trusted and so he calls on others to trust that God as well to trust that word Paul's unbreakable courage comes from God's undoubtable faithfulness who he is but they need to trust that word And you see it play out in the action that follows. The next threat appears there in verse 27. Uh, The sailors get a sense, just a kind of sailor sense, uh, that they're approaching land and uh, that's a bad thing. We think, oh, great, land. No, they they just think they're going to be dashed against the rocks. This is certain death. And so the sailors think, we've got one chance, the lifeboat. One shot, and so they sneak over, pretend they're dropping the anchors and try and get the lifeboat off. And what does Paul say? Verse 31, he says, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Unless you listen to that word and and trust the God who says it, you won't be saved. So verse 32, So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. <laughs> they cut the lifeboat away. They just like let it go. Unbelievable. The plane is nosediving, right? And they force the doors open and they throw the parachutes out the door. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Now that, that is throwing your lot in with Paul, with his God, right? The, the crazy religious guy. He better be right. Because we got no other option now. We are all in, boys. That is what is going on. Like it or not, the ship's face fate rests on Paul's God now Paul's unbreakable courage comes from God's unstoppable purpose that the gospel might reach to the ends of the earth and Paul's unbreakable courage comes from God's undoubtable faithfulness that he is a God who can be trusted so far the story has been complete disaster right hurricane darkness uh, going without food Uh, But something changes after verse 32. They don't know it, but dawn's almost here and so Paul urges them to eat. Fourteen days being driven by the storm, constant suspense, suspense, just constant fear at every moment and now Paul says, eat. And what's striking about uh, this little section, these verses, is how much it reminds you of Jesus. How much Uh, it draws to mind God's kindness and faithfulness. In verse 34, when Paul says, uh, not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. you can't help but think about uh, how Jesus taught that every hair on your head is numbered by your loving Heavenly Father. And when Paul takes the bread and he breaks it and he gives thanks, uh, it reads just like uh, Jesus' words to his disciples at the Last Supper. Uh, teaching them about how his body will be broken for them. And when when we're told that 276 people on board start to eat, they eat as much as they wanted. Uh, And it just reminds you of the Lord Jesus feeding the 5,000 and how God's provision is is abundant for all, all they need. And so as he tells this story, I think Luke is wanting to put that tune in our heads uh, to remind us of God's loving care, his saving grace his abundant provision, because this is God's rescue. God is the one rescuing them. It's not some random accident of survival. The grace of God is on display here. And so Paul's courage is proven right. Against the odds, they find a beach. uh, When the soldiers go to do their job and kill the the prisoners to stop them escaping, Uh, the, the centurion steps in and saves them. Uh, Despite the danger of the water, despite people who couldn't swim, uh, they all reached the shore safely. Paul's unbreakable courage comes from God's unstoppable purpose. And Paul's unbreakable courage comes from God's undoubtable faithfulness. Now, that's all great for Paul, right? He got this special vision, Uh, they all got rescued from the from the storm, but what are we meant to get out of all this, right, uh, all these years later? Uh, how, how do we kind of receive this uh, epic tale? Well, two things, confidence and courage. Firstly, confidence. Uh, you might be someone here who is a new Christian, um, just kind of getting started in the Christian life, you might be someone who is still kind of working out, oh, is, who is this Jesus guy and Uh, all this Christianity stuff, and is this something I can really trust? Can I get on board with this? And you might wonder, can I really trust it? And you hear stuff uh, in the news every now and then, an academic comes up with a theory about how Paul invented Christianity or about how the Bible was put together um, by a secret group of, you know, church people in the third century or something like that. And so does that mean that this is trustworthy or not? And you have to weigh all that up, but I think Luke includes this shipwreck account for our confidence as an endorsement of Paul. That he's a guy who can be trusted. Uh, what he says about God's salvation is true, and this epic tale of survival is is like a sign, is like evidence that Paul is an apostle. Paul is someone who speaks God's word faithfully. So you have a look back through the story. Uh, Luke goes to great lengths to point out just how favoured Paul is. Uh, Julius, the centurion, he shows him kindness uh, time and again. Uh, They cut the lifeboat away because they put their trust in Paul. Um, When they get ashore at Malta, um, verse 2 says that the islanders showed us unusual kindness. And Publius, the chief official, he takes them in and shows them hospitality and they honoured in many ways, it says. Paul's a prisoner, but he's not a troublemaker. Uh, He's highly honoured. And he's a man with God's approval. Now, we don't think about storms as having really any spiritual significance. Um, They're just a low-pressure system, as far as I'm aware, right? That's what it is for us. Um, But in the ancient world, a storm was a sign of God's judgement, right? Uh, You see it in the story of Jonah in the Old Testament, if you know that story. um, In Jonah, the sailors cast lots to see who's responsible for for this storm, because God is obviously sending his judgment on someone. And in that case, it was Jonah, right? Uh, It was him. But Paul's not under God's judgment. In fact, he brings God's salvation to the ship. And you see it in the curious incident with the viper. Um, You think, man, oh. Paul, you just made it through that shipwreck. That's amazing. And you're like, whoa, uh, that's, that's a snake on your hand. Uh, <laughs> and so the islanders take that. They're like, that is divine judgment. Have a look. Chapter 28, verse 4. They say, this man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. See, they take it as God's judgment, but Paul is not under God's judgment. In fact, he brings God's healing to the island. And so, uh, Luke wants us to have confidence. Have confidence. Paul is the real deal. When you hear from him, you hear a man who is endorsed, endorsed by people, endorsed by God, with real hard evidence behind him. We can read his letters in the Bible with confidence. This is a first-hand eyewitness account of an apostle with God's endorsement. Firstly, confidence. Secondly, courage. See, we started off by asking, how do you live beyond fear as a Christian? How do you tackle the Christian life uh, like you're climbing El Cap? Uh, How do you live boldly? If you want to live boldly as a Christian, how do you access that? Well, the answer is not by going free solo, just by jumping in there and going hard by yourself, no ropes. That's not the solution. Don't think that you just need to be more bold and kind of like hate on yourself because, oh, if only I was less shy and, you know, had more self-confidence then I could do this. No. The answer's in God. The answer's in God. Trusting that He has a purpose, that it is God's purpose... With the gospel to go to the ends of the earth and it is an unstoppable purpose that he will bring that about and to trust in his faithfulness that he's a God who does what he says he will do and he can be trusted that's where Paul's unbreakable courage comes from not from himself but from the God to whom he belongs the God whom he serves and so over the next week uh, I want to say think about this story um, you're taking a study break sometime uh, you know with your friends taking a break and the chance comes uh, to say something about Jesus to talk about Jesus I want you to think of the shipwreck have that as the story that runs through your head to remind you that God has an unstoppable purpose for people to hear the gospel let that be the thing that gives you courage to speak. And uh, as you're hanging out at work over the next month and uh, the topic turns to Christmas and uh, all the things of Christmas, think about the shipwreck. Have that as the story that runs through your head to remind you that God is undoubtedly faithful and that he's able to sustain you through whatever risks uh, might come your way. Let that be the thing that gives you courage uh, to invite someone along to a Christmas event. Something like that. Keep up your courage. Keep up your courage. We serve a God with an unstoppable purpose to save the world and a God who is undoubtedly faithful to bring it about.